Hello. Hello. I'm Casey. I'm Sarah. And we are Relatively Relatively Dark. We're back again. Back again. Mm-hmm. Relatively mm-hmm. dark back to love her. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say back to tell you some more stories. Obviously. Yeah. So, all right. Here we go. Here we go. So, today I'm going to talk about a serial killer from Tampa, Florida. Well, the murders were in Florida. I don't really know how popular this is so just in case you haven't heard of it i am not going to tell you who it is but it is solved so good i love an unsolved but i hate an unsolved at the same time right the first body that was found oh jumping right into i am (laughs) (laughs) so this was on mother's day yeah may 13th 1984 a couple of teenage boys they were walking early evening across a field near i-75 southeast of tampa florida and they noticed a smell oh so when they went to investigate they uh thought it was a dead animal but they found out that it was actually a dead woman and she had been there for around three days come to find out what month was this in this was in may 13th oh in florida yeah so the way she was found i'm going to give you a little bit of details about these and obviously trigger warning like this whole case is a trigger warning I'm going to give you a little bit more information on this one, just so this, since this was the very first body. Okay. But after that, it's going to be more about similarities. She was found face down. Her wrists were tied together behind her back, and there was a noose around her neck. Oh, gosh. Yes. They speculated that it was used as a leash. Oh. Yeah, pretty bad. She had also been severely beaten. The rope around her wrist was different than the rope around her neck. And they had found a white silk cloth underneath her face that was, they thought was used as a gag. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is really bad, but the way she was found, her hips had been broken and her legs were like, at like right angles. This shows the total disregard oh for my gosh. this woman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know this case. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I would remember that. That is brutal. Yeah, it's, and I, I don't, I didn't want to say it, but I just, I feel like it's good to show you how brutal it actually was. Yeah. Like, what a piece of crap. Yes. He had Whoever no consideration whatsoever. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. The evidence that they found, they had found a set of tire tracks. There was one tread that was different, so they thought that that could help them find out, you know, the actual vehicle that it yeah, was. narrow but, it down. Yes best they could tell was that she died of strangulation Hmm. so they i don't think they really knew so she lived at least for some amount of time with her hips broken like that yeah i didn't even think about that i mean i guess i mean i'm after yeah it could have been post-mortem but i mean as brutal as it sounds i wouldn't be surprised if they did it before either way either way and she had been raped which yeah i was waiting for that one of the other pieces of evidence they found was a red nylon fiber and they concluded that it was probably a type of cheap carpet used from an automobile, hmm. from a car. So they finally found out who this woman was from a missing persons report. She was known as Lena Long. She was 20 years old and she had worked as a dancer at a Sly Fox Lounge. Okay, so like an exotic dancer. Yes. I'm going to run through the next bodies kind of not real fast, but 
just kind of like briefly yeah mentioning who they are evidence cause of death okay the second body was on may 27th so this wasn't very long after what is that like two weeks yep exactly two weeks later (laughs) and this was a construction worker that had come across her body Mm. and uh, she was in a lover's lane this woman was mostly nude her wrist had also been tied behind her back there was another rope around her neck and it was the leash like Mm. tied in that sort of fashion again she was stabbed strangled and beaten oh she was stabbed the first one wasn't stabbed was right she? right it said that there was a a wide slice to her neck uh, and it was almost a foot long holy crap yeah i don't know if her cause of death was the stabbing or the cuts or just the beating because she also had like a lot of trauma to her head yeah this is just really really dark yes kind of why i wanted to run through them yeah get them out of the way okay main thing is the names of the victims yeah and some of them weren't found out till much later yeah so this woman was a prostitute mm. and her name was michelle denise sims and she was 22 years old and she also had a drug habit so he's targeting a certain type of woman right probably women that a lot of times the police consider quote unquote less dead because of their high-risk lifestyle or whatever they say that mm-hmm yep I did not know that. I mean, if you live a high-list high, high lifestyle, <laughs> like sex work or yeah, exotic dancer, stuff like that. Or if you're a drug addict, I guess. If yeah. The, Homeless, but, living on the streets, addicted to drugs or whatever. They A lot of times they're considered less dead because people aren't going to miss them. I've never heard that before. I don't like that. I don't either. Is it still... Okay. That's... Anyway. Yeah. At this crime scene, they also found a red fiber. Dun, dun, dun. Right. And they also found tire tracks. There was also a bare footprint in the mud. One of the tire tracks <laughs> track tire tracks contained a clear V along with more indistinct letters. Okay. So the similarities between these two cases, just these first two. This mm-hmm. is what they felt that was important to their analysis based on just the victims themselves. Right. They both had to depend on others for transportation. They were essentially nude when they were found. They had been similarly bound, picked up in Tampa, left near interstate highways in rural areas. The tire tread impressions were at both of the scenes, and they were found quite a distance from where they had last been seen. So they had to have been taken somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if they relied on, relayed, relied on other people for transportation, they could have offered them a ride or whatever. Right. And, and real quick, oh, go ahead. I want to applaud you for how you say that r-u-r-a-l word because i struggle with it every time so good for you like marlboro rural 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 no like rur like you're growling rural (laughs) (laughs) do you want to try again or you want to move on i usually just say rural a rural area i say rur like rur yeah like you're growling rur rural yeah rural that's better. <laughs> <coughs> okay, there was just a little palate cleanser after okay. all that. Okay, go ahead. What I feel like is the most important similarity is the red carpet fibers that were found. Yeah. That's how they knew that this was the same person. So, the third body. It was on June 8th. Okay. So, still, it's not very far. It was the 13th I mean, and the 27th and time. then the 8th. So, they're getting closer together. Yeah. This one was Elizabeth. I'm going to try this. Ludenbeck could be Loudenbeck. She was 22 and she worked on an assembly line. So huh. this one was different. That is different. 
and her mother had reported her missing. Mm. If you hear that pitter-patter, that's the doggies. (laughs) Our babies. (laughs) This body was found, wasn't found for more than two weeks. Oh, gosh. Yeah. This one was different. Her death was caused by strangulation. There were no ropes at this scene. She was not immediately linked to the serial killer. Hmm. Her job was different. She was not a prostitute. She was not a drug addict, a hitchhiker, or a dancer. Yeah. The way she was found was different. Only later, after they tested her clothing, Mm -hmm. they found the same red fibers. Before they found these red fibers, they thought that this murder was possibly from a copycat killer. The M.O. being so different and the rope and all that being different, that's why they thought it was a copycat until they found the red fibers and they were like, no, this is the same dude. Right. After they found that, then they connected her to the rest of the victims. So, the fourth body was found on October 7th. So, fast forward a few months. Okay. So, they had some kind of a cooling off period. Yes. This was on a cattle ranch, still in Florida, dead for nearly a week. Mm. And she was shoved under a barbed wire fence and was lying face down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This one, it's almost like he reverted back to the first body with the brutality. Because they didn't even think the third one was him. I hear cases like that sometimes where it's like they get more sophisticated. And then it's like they, I can't remember what it's called. Regress? I think, maybe. Not like when they es- they're starting to escalate. They're starting to, like, unravel, basically. I think there's a word for oh, it. Oh, yeah. And then they kind of revert back to the Making beginning mistakes. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there maybe not necessarily any, mistakes. Yeah, but. that's what I was going to say. There weren't really many here. Unfortunately. Yeah. But this one, her clothing had been scattered. She had been raped and strangled, too. Mm. But her cause of death was she was shot in the back of the head. Holy crap. So, this guy's all over the place. Yeah. He has no... Like, signature. Yeah. It's always weird to me whenever you hear about serial killers or whatever. That's how they link them because of, like, the way they were. And you've got, you know, they've got four victims. One was shot. One was strangled. One was suffocated. One was stabbed. You know, whatever. It's just weird to me that there's no one method. Yeah. This woman was Chanel Devon Williams, and she was 18 years old. Oh, she had just been released from jail. She was arrested for prostitution. And they also found what? A red fiber. Right. Red carpet fibers. So, fifth body. The fifth body was October 14th, so a week later. Her wrists were bound, red bandana. Her legs and her neck had been tied with a long, thick shoelace. She was beaten in the head, and she was also raped. She had been dragged, and they indicated that because she had bruises and stuff on her torso. Oh. Her cause of death was strangulation. Uh-huh. She was also a prostitute and a drug addict. They didn't recognize her for a while, but they finally did by her fingerprints. And this was Karen Beth Den's friend. She was 28. Now it seems like after these several months, he's getting back to the same people. Uh-huh. They also found the red fibers on her clothes as well. And that's where they're finding these, on their clothes. Yeah. Not laying on the ground around the scene. It's always their clothes. And this was two weeks later on Halloween. The sixth body. This body was found by a 71-year-old man clearing a ditch next to US 301. So this hard. This one was mummified. Oh, been there for a while. Yes. They didn't have much evidence with it, but much later, doesn't say how long, <laughs> but after the body was found, this was after they had actually caught him, mm. that they realized who it was. So, and this was Kimberly Kyle Hoops. 
She was known as Sugar. She was a 22-year-old prostitute. Mm. And she was strangled to death. Okay, the seventh body. This was November 6th, 1984. She was found. She wasn't identified until later. She was found by a woman out horseback riding on her ranch and came across her body. This one. Okay, if anybody listening could have saw her (laughs) face. That was the hardest wince I've ever seen. It was the grimace. I don't know which is the right word. Her body parts had been severed and scattered throughout the field. Okay, escalation. Yeah, and they had also determined that she had been dead for about two weeks Mm. and dumped there. This woman had a nine-inch cord tied around her neck. There was a thick shoelace binding her wrists, and the cause of death was deemed strangulation. Mm. She was later identified as Virginia Lee Johnson. She was 18 years old, Mm. and she was a prostitute. The last body was found on November 12th, 1984, and a sign painter in Tampa had come come across this body, and she also wore a leash-like noose. She had rope burns on her body. She was severely beaten. Her legs were forced open. Mm. She had been dead for two to three days. The cause of death was strangulation. This woman was Kim Marie Swan. She was 21, and she was a dancer also at the Sly Fox Lounge. The same lounge from the very first victim. Yeah. On her jeans, they found the red carpet fibers. So, they worked on this for a while, and they never really had any leads. I mean, how could they? I mean, how many vehicles, especially in the 80s, have red interior? I can't imagine. Our mom? <laughs> the white. That white Grand, Grand Am, Am. Yep. had red interior. Oh, that's spooky now. So, now we are going to somewhat talk about a different story and you'll understand how it ties in i don't know the exact date but um, how dare you (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is so this was before they found the last body a young girl 17 years old comes into the police station in tampa and she's claiming that she has been abducted Mm. and that she was raped so i'm going to tell you about her story okay a lot of this stuff came from an interview with her, so there's a... First-hand account. Yes, and it's also a silver lining because you know that she's she okay. Survived. She was riding her bike on her way home from work after a late shift, and she was in a place in her mind where she was bluntly ready to die. Just Be- going through it. Yes. So, this is her story. Her name is Lisa McVeigh. She was living with her grandmother and her boyfriend, and her grandmother's boyfriend had been molesting her for years, mm. three years. She didn't have anywhere else to go. She had written a suicide note when she went to work that day. She so wasn't, since she was 14, she was being abused? Yes, by her grandmother's boyfriend. Mm. And from what I understand, he was quite a bit younger than her grandmother. Oh, okay. So when she went to work that day, she had a plan, and she was going to shoot herself when she got home that day. Oh. Yep. So she's riding her bike home. It's around 2 a.m., she felt someone rip her off her bike from behind. Oh, my gosh. And he had said, quote, shut up or I'll blow your brains out. Mm. And he had a gun to her head. But it's almost like she was used to this because apparently her grandmother's boyfriend had put a gun to her, too. Mm-mm. This is just sad. That's really, really sad. Yeah. That something like that happens and you're used to having somebody point a gun. Yes. Mm-mm. Yeah. During this interview, at this moment, this is what she told them. 
I say the Lord's Prayer to myself, and I say to him, I'll do whatever you want, just don't kill me. I had stopped feeling suicidal right then, and I wasn't going to let someone else kill me either. Get it, girl. Her survival instincts just kicked in. And a lot of those instincts from this came from her abusive background. Yeah. She gets gagged, and she's blindfolded. She says in the interview that she tightens her jaw so that when she relaxes it, there's a little space below where she can see. Who would think of that? Right. The stories of, like, survival stories and stuff like that, where people, just their instincts kick in and they think of all this stuff, it will always amaze me. me there too. was a story, this woman, she was attacked in her home, which is one of the scariest things I can even imagine. You walk in and oh, somebody gosh. just grabs you. And they had a claw hammer. For a long time, I was like, what's a claw hammer? I was about Just that. a regular hammer, like your everyday. Why did you say that then? Hammer. I don't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. They may not know what a claw okay, hammer is. Okay, well, now I know what a claw hammer is. It's a But he was coming hammer. at her with a claw hammer, and her inst- your instinct is to move back away from him. She moved forward, because the closer she is to him, the less leverage yes. he'll have, and the less force he'll be able to hit her with. I'm like, who thinks of that? That's insane. While he was attacking her, they were rumbling on the floor, and she was trying to go through his pockets and throw stuff in the floor so they would know who it was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And she survived. By golly, she sure did. I was like, mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's funny. It reminds me a lot of her. Ooh. Yes. Continue. Okay. So, she looks around for any identifying marks that she can tell the police if she makes it out alive. Mm-hmm. She notices that he has white car seats, dark red carpet. Mm-mm-mm. And she sees the word Magnum on the dashboard. Because of that blindfold not being completely tight, mm-hmm. and when she raises her head, she can see a little bit. Smart girl. Mm-hmm. 17 years old. Oh, I forgot the, she was 17. On the verge of suicide. Mm-mm. In the car before they drive off, she lied and said she was 19 and not 17. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's just to protect the fact that she's a minor. Yeah. Because it would be worse for him, I'm guessing. And if he thinks that she's 19, yeah. it might make her... I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe she was thinking if he knows I'm a minor, maybe, you know, he'd be more likely to, like, kill me. Because he could get in more trouble or something. Yeah, okay. I think that's where my thought was going. Because but... if she's 19, he could be like, oh, it was consensual. Oh, it was consensual. Right. Okay. Maybe. See, I think that's what I, I was know. thinking. Yeah. But I just Your couldn't. brain's farting too today. It's okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> They're flashing. It's, it's early. <laughs> okay. He forces her to have oral sex with him. Mm-hmm. And he told her that as long as she did what he wanted, he wouldn't kill her. They all say that. <laughs> but her thought was... She says, I figure I've been sexually abused for three years. What's one more time? But I'm also thinking if I make it out alive, I'll never let anyone do this to me again. So Mm -hmm. this was like a turning point for her too. Yeah. And it's, I love this story. I mean, I hate to say it, but things do happen for a reason. And maybe this is what, as awful and traumatizing as this is, this is what saved her. Yeah, I think it is. And if you haven't heard us before, this may be new to y'all, but you know, avid Christians... Mm-hmm. The Lord will take what was meant for evil and turn it into something good. Yep. And this is a great example of that. Yeah. So she noticed that they're going north, and she can tell that they're on the interstate because of the wind velocity, is what she tells the in the interview. This girl. Yes. They enter a building. She can see that the carpet is mostly green, yellow, and red specks, and she counts each step, 19 steps. She mentions here for the next 26 hours, he's raping her. Mm. Oh, my gosh. She says, he slaps me and punches me a few times. Then he orders me to go to sleep. And then she says, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) So they ask in the interview if he talked to her at all. And this is like the stuff that she had recounted with the police. You know, she went to the police to tell them everything. Yeah. Which I'll get to that point in a second. But I'm just kind of going from her story from start to finish. 
Okay. So he asks her at one point to describe the girls in her high school and what their bodies looked like when they changed clothes, like Mm -mm. in the gym, like in the locker room. She makes things up just to get on his good side. Yeah. Like she just tells him what he wants to hear because she doesn't want to set him off. Yeah. I mean, you really have to in that situation. Yep. But I like this quote. She says, at one point he takes my hand and puts it on his face. The idiot. She says, now I know what he looks like. Mm. I can feel he has a small mustache, some pockmarks on his skin, a snub nose. He's not heavy. He feels very clean. Some what marks? Pockmarks. I don't know what those are. I think it was like um, like maybe like scars. Like or something yeah. maybe? I'm going to say that's what it is. But anyway. Sounds good. So, he lets her go to the bathroom. She leaves her fingerprints. She puts them on the mirror, on the toilet seat, on the towel rack, yeah, on the wall. Mm-hmm. She asked him at one point why he was doing it. And he says to get back at women in general because of a recent bad breakup. Oh, good grief. Well, that makes her think that he's done it to other women, too. Mm-hmm. At some point, she uh, says, I give him a lame story about my father being very ill, and I say he can't kill me because I'm my father's sole caregiver and he needs me. Mm-hmm. And I think that he eventually started to feel bad for her, like actually like her. That's surprising, too, because it's yeah. really hard to get people that are that messed up yeah. to have any kind of sympathy, empathy for right. their victims, especially. And she used everything from what she had been through with her to past. her advantage, yeah. Yeah, about just making them happy. She needed to survive. Yeah. I feel like if it was me, I would just be horrific to that person, mm-hmm. you know? But I'm sure she tried that in the beginning. Yeah. And it didn't work. So she's like, as long as I just don't die. Yeah. You know, do and then she was do. ready to. And now she's yeah. like, no, I'm surviving. Mm-hmm. I'm getting out of this. Or if I do, they're going to eventually figure out that this was me. Yeah. And they're going to know that you did this. Yep. There's a movie about this too. And I don't know if everything in it is true, but I think I read somewhere else that she had left like a bobby pin too that mm-hmm. was in her hair and, and left it like when he wasn't looking, just like dropped it in the floor. She was all over it. So... It says for 26 hours. So I'm thinking after those 26 hours, that's when it was starting to end. Mm-hmm. He gave her another woman's shirt and he told her to get dressed. He asked her where she lived and he says he's going to take her home. And she thinks he's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. He stops at an ATM. She can tell that he's wearing white shirt, sneakers, jeans. Finally, he pulls into the back of a building and he tells her that he's sorry. He says, tell your father he's the reason I didn't kill you. Oh, dang. And then he says, give me five minutes and you can take the blindfold off. She says, I'm just frozen. But when I finally take it off, I'm in front of a beautiful oak tree. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have a new life and it will be better. Oh, bless her heart. Yes. So it's not over yet for her. It was about 4.30 a.m. that morning. I'm not sure if it's the day after. You said 4.30 a.m. that morning. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Redundant. Okay. She finally gets back to her grandmother's house. Her boyfriend opens the door. He grabs her, throws her to the ground. He beats her, interrogates her for five hours about where she's been. Oh, my gosh. And asking her why she was cheating on him. Yeah, like, whenever I first read this and I watched this movie, I'm, like, enraged, guys. I was like, oh, her boyfriend answered, and they were probably like, he was so worried. And then he said that, and I was like, oh, pawns come. Okay. Yeah, like, it was the that boyfriend, her grandmother's. Oh, yeah. She got to her grandmother's uh, house. Her boyfriend. Yes. Okay. I thought you meant. I'm sorry. Maybe I should reword that. I mean, it meant you said she got to her grandmother's and her boyfriend 
Her grandmother's boyfriend. Well, okay. I mean, I thought it was kind of clear that her she didn't have a boyfriend. Well, I was just. <laughs> you normally, when you think boyfriend, you think of someone like kind and loving, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm that's just <laughs> where we go. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I think I skipped something earlier. She had lied and told the guy that kidnapped her that her name was Carol, I think, and it showed in the movie. Okay, I don't know if this is true or not. The TV was on and it was showing a missing girl, and it was a girl named Lisa, but it didn't have her picture. Mm. maybe they just didn't care enough to give him a picture maybe but he was asking if it was her and she was telling him no i didn't lie i'm carol i'm 19 so i know at some point that they filed a missing person on her honestly if they didn't care about her i don't even know why but they did it my she actually has a sister so that might have been why but they didn't live together yeah their sister lived with their mother who didn't care obviously right Anyway, her grandmother finally calls the Tampa police, and this is a quote from her. Don't worry about that missing girl. She's home. She's making up some story about being kidnapped. Oh, my god! Can you imagine going through all of that, getting home, and begging and telling them everything that's been going on with you, being raped that many times at 17 years old, and your own family doesn't even want to listen to you and believe that you're lying? Mm-mm. I cannot. I can't. I, there are I no know. words. There are no words. That, that just, oh. I know. That just burns me up. So... According to the interview that Lisa did, the police say they still have to do an investigation. And Lisa says, if it weren't for that, I really, I think I really would have killed myself. Mm. I cannot imagine. So, bright side, the police still has to do an investigation. At the police station, she tells them all of this stuff. Okay. She tells her story to a female detector. (laughs) Detective. Your face. (laughs) Oh, Lord. That was great. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) detector the female detective because her demeanor is so calm lisa's Mm -hmm. the detective thinks that she's lying oh my gosh yes you can't win for losing yeah you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't it's yeah i was like like, if you're so mad for this emotional they say you're acting if you're not emotional enough they say you're not showing any emotion this didn't really happen yeah there's no pleasing you good grief she wants to go over it again and Lisa finally says, no, bring me somebody more intelligent. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, this girl Jab. is a freaking, she's awesome. So, the next day, she goes over the same story with Sergeant Larry Pinkerton, who's in charge of sexual crimes. Mm-hmm. And she hears him tell one of the female detectives, oh, I believe her, call okay. the FBI. I was about to say, if this dude. He says, I believe her, call, call the, the FBI. Yes. You darn tootin', Larry. Yes. Pinkerton. I mean, it's... Only Pinkerton. After hearing that and then hearing the male detective, so you know... she had to tell four people before somebody finally believed her. The grandma, yeah. the boyfriend, the female detective, <laughs> yeah. and then Larry. Like, good grief. Yep. A couple of days later, after she's back home, which she's back home with her grandmother and grandmother's boyfriend, but she hears on the TV that another dead body had been found. This was the eighth victim. Mm. So, this all happened before that eighth victim. For whatever reason, that had been in the same area, she thinks, oh my God, it has to be the same guy. Mm -hmm. So, she calls Larry and she says, come get me. There's more I need to tell you. Larry calls the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, which is the county that all of these murders were found around. Okay. And he tells them, we've got another body here, a live body. We think the guy who abducted Lisa McVeigh is your serial killer. Yes. Larry asks Lisa if she would like to be hypnotized. 
she needed her parents' permission because she was 17. Her grandmother's boyfriend refused. Okay, I, I don't, don't understand know if she... how he can do that. He's not her blood relative. He shouldn't have I the authority to do that. I don't know if they ended up somehow getting... Or, I mean, he could have, like, guardianship over her Well, sometimes. even if he didn't, though, if her grandmother's going to let him do that, then he's going to let her let him have the say, no, she's not getting hypnotized. So her grandmother says, no, you're not getting hypnotized. True. So. Ponscom. Somehow, in the messed up world we live in, he gained control over her life through mm-hmm. her grandmother. <laughs> anyway, when her grandmother's boyfriend refused, Larry thought it was odd. Mm-hmm. So she starts crying. Lisa starts crying. And she tells him what's been going on at home. Oh, get him. Get him, Larry. They arrest her grandmother's boyfriend, and they put her in a center for runaway teens. So oh, he can't find great. her. Good. Yes. Larry just doing the darn thing. Yes. I, I love Larry. I know. And in the movie, I, I really recommend it. It's hard to watch, but at the same time, especially if you know that this is a soft case and that this girl did all of this stuff. It's easier to watch. <laughs> yes. It's called, um, oh my God. Oh my <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Well, we can uh, put a link to it in the show notes. Yes. Something about lying, but we'll link it. But it's really good. But I feel like, I don't know this Mr. Larry Pinkerton, but I feel like, you know, if I did, and if I did know how he was, because whenever you read books, you know characters. And then mm-hmm. in the movies, you, you get... in the movies, you know if they depicted that character well or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this movie, as much as I can know about this sergeant they did a very good job so good it's really good anyway okay so after all of this in order to help her help them with tracking down who kidnapped her they bring her photos of what they think it's like the top suspect yes and it takes her a minute to look at the pictures but the moment she sees him she says that's the face I felt. I'm 110% sure. Oh, I just got cold chills. Like, that's the face I felt. She didn't even see him. Not, that's the man I saw. Yeah. I remember those eyes. I remember that face. It's that's Because she face never I saw felt. him, but she knew. Mm. But, and it wasn't even that. Because they can't go by that. Like, this 17-year-old girl felt that face, you know? Yeah. So, this is another, like, I'm oh, just. Oh, gosh, you're going to make me mad again, are you? No, I'm amazed. Oh, okay, like good. In a good way. Make me happy. <laughs> the police retract, retraced the route that she thought that they took and found the ATM. Yes. Camera? They found video footage. <laughs> they looked for Dodge Magnums in Florida vehicle registration stuff, and they ended up finding multiple ones with multiple names. So, how this is all connected, if you don't know already, <laughs> on a hunch... The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department sent the rape evidence from Lisa to Malone at the FBI, who is also, you know, doing serial killer stuff. Okay. And they had found the same evidence, the same red viper carpet. Hang on. Carpet vipers. (laughs) They found the same red carpet fibers on Lisa's clothes. Right. So that is the one thing that they found on all of the other victims. Yeah, if they used it to connect the first eight victims, they can use it to connect her to them, too. Yeah, and then with her picking that face that she felt. Mm-hmm. So. Who is it? Amazing. Did he go to jail? Did he die? <laughs> is he alive? <laughs> well, they ended up recruiting, like, this huge task force that included members of the sheriff's office from Hillsborough County, Pasco County, Tampa Police Department, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and the FBI. And everybody and their mama. Yes. The first meeting was on November 14th, 1984. And this is when they learned that the FBI had processed 
the evidence from Lisa McVeigh and they found those same red fibers. They know that this is connected. So now they know that they can use the information that Lisa has given them to find this killer. This monster. Right. So either November 15th or November 17th, there are conflicting dates. But around this time, these two detectives, Wolf and Helms, were on a cruise patrol in Tampa, saw a red Dodge Magnum, Uh -uh. and they pulled over the car and checked its license. The man's name was Robert Joe Long, better known as Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe Long. Okay, that name sounds really familiar, so I'm (laughs) sure I've heard of him, but I hadn't heard any details. Bobby Joe Long. Yep. His address matched the area that the police were searching for the killer's apartment. Mm -hmm. The car's interior also matched what Lisa had described. When they approached him, they told him that they were looking for a robbery suspect. Mm -hmm. Another source says it was a hit-and-run suspect, but either way. And they ask him if they can take a picture of him. And he cooperates. Stupid. I'm so glad he's stupid. Yeah, he cooperates and lets them photograph him. And it says he was visibly relieved when they let him go. He was scared. (laughs) Yeah, you should be. We coming back. Yep. So they also checked the bank transactions. They found that Long had made a withdrawal at precisely the time that McVeigh said her abductor made one at the ATM. So they tapped into his phone line. They got a search warrant for his vehicle, an arrest warrant for charges of kidnapping and sexual battery. They grabbed him as he was coming out of a movie theater and put him under arrest. (laughs) Roll the credits. Yes. (laughs) Once they had his car, they confirmed the fiber match to everything else. So that's how they got him. Thanks to Miss McVeigh. Now I'm going to give you a little bit history and background information about Bobby Joe Long. Okay. Yeah. He was born on October 14th, 1953. Okay. In Canova, West Virginia. Or Canova. I said that. (laughs) It's like that's the same thing, but okay. Canova? It's either Canova or Canova. (laughs) (laughs) One of the two, not sure which one. Anyway, when he was little, at the time that he hit puberty, he started growing larger breasts than he should have had as a male because he had an extra X chromosome. Oh, I've heard of that. So... He was teased a lot because of this. Kids are mean. Oh, yeah. He also slept in the bed with his mother until he was 13. Was odd, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you could look at somebody that didn't do all of the horrendous things that he did and was like, you know, well, they're just, you know, a mama's boy. But after knowing everything, that just makes it weird. Yeah. And his mom had a lot of boyfriends that would come and go and everything like that. And he kind of had a level of resentment toward them. So he had this odd relationship with his mother anyway. Like a hint of jealousy? Yes. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's not healthy, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little concerning. But she didn't, she didn't, she did nothing to, what's the opposite of encourage? <laughs> to suppress that? Uh, yeah. I would say that that's a good word. Thank you. I yes. don't have very many of them. <laughs> Every now and then they come out. Pop. He also suffered multiple head injuries as a child. That explains a lot. And they started when he was five years old. Mm. I want to say that he had had a bicycle wreck, and he ended up with a stick puncturing his eye. Oh, so there was probably, most likely, definitely trauma to his frontal lobe. Yeah, and there was also an incident where he fell off a horse or a pony and landed on his head. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of head injuries. Those weren't the only two, but... A lot of serial killers... Head trauma, head injuries, frontal lobe damage, all that good stuff contributes. I think that people are responsible for their own actions, but I do feel like possibility that this could have 
influence that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So that's a little bit about his background and kind of where he came from, things that could have influenced his behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like hearing about where they come from and their background and stuff like that. But a lot of times I don't really care because Mm -hmm. they're turds. So (laughs) you did what you did. I don't need any more info. Yeah. (laughs) So throughout the investigation after they've got him and gathering evidence against him, Bobby Joe Long actually cooperated with them. Shocker. Yeah. He provided them with a map on where bodies were, and they discovered two more of his victims based on what he told them. So there were ten. Yes. Mm. The ninth victim was Vicki Elliott. Her skeletal remains were found with a broken hyoid bone. Mm, so she was strangled. Yes. And they made a positive match from dental records. It's always sad when they have to use dental records to be able to identify somebody. Yes. I don't know. It doesn't say when this one was, but they found the red fibers at that scene, too. Other bodies were found after this on November 19, 1984. There was a woman's corpse that floated up the Hillsborough River. She had been strangled also. She was never identified, but she fit Long's profile. That's a lot different, though, dumping her in the water than leaving her, you know, out in, pretty much out in the open somewhere. On November 22nd, 1984, there was another woman's skeletal remains that were found. She was identified as Artist Wick. Her remains were at least six to eight months old. Mm. Her hands were bound, and he never confessed to it, and he was never charged. But they thought that even though she was the last victim found, she may have been the first one to die. Yeah. So it's odd that he cooperated because he gave them a lot of information. In my opinion, I kind of feel like if he did commit the the other he ones that they found, that he would have told them. Yeah. But I don't really... Why confess to seven or eight if you're not going to confess to nine or ten? You right. Know? Right. It's weird to me, though. Like, there's some serial killers out there that you get them and they won't tell you anything. And then yeah. some you get and they're like, well, I'm caught. You know, game's over. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Yeah. It's weird. I don't get it either. But here are just a few quotes from him. Throughout the throughout the questioning and, the, and all of the interrogations. When they first charged him or arrested him and showed him pictures of the murders, murder victims, mm-hmm. uh, he they asked if he knew any of them. And he said no. Liar. Like, obviously. So, after they showed him all of the evidence against him and stuff. Yeah, showed their cards. Yeah, it says he smiled mm. and said, well, I guess you got me good. Yes, I killed them. All the ones in the paper, I did them all. And then he complied with all the he complied with all the details. Mm-mm. Yeah. And it says he must have realized that he'd set himself up when he had let Lisa go. Played you like a it violin. Says, yeah, his another quote from him. I knew when I let her go that it would only be a matter of time. I didn't even tell her not to talk to the police or anything. I just didn't care anymore and I wanted it to stop. I was sick inside. So now I have a little bit of mixed feelings for him. No, I mean, there's obviously something not right in that. I mean, was he ever diagnosed with anything? Mm, I don't know if um, he was or not, honestly. Yeah. I mean, but, I, mean, I, then it, again, but look I don't at remember. All this horrible stuff that Jeffrey Dahmer did, and then he has interviews, and he's like, Was he fine? There's nobody to blame but me. You know, I take responsibility for it and this, that. And, but I don't feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm not going to yeah. feel bad for Bobby Geelong. Yeah, I mean, regardless. I mean, uh, they know it's no wrong. love song for this, Bobby Long. I know. <laughs> I thought of that, too. A lot of his confessions and stuff and the details that he gave the police, 
those um, murder victims that I listed first mm-hmm. that I mentioned that they were later identified as, they were able to identify them later because of Bobby Joe Long. Yeah, because he confessed and showed them where they were. And stuff. Yeah, gave them all the details they needed to know to find the bodies. Well, at least he did that. That is yeah. the literal least you can do after right. all the horrible stuff he did. So It's odd because, I don't know if you've heard this one, but he was also the classified ad rapist. It was still in Florida, but he did this thing around counties surrounding Ocala, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale. So still in Florida, still in the same basic areas. So he escalated from being a rapist to a rapist, rapist to being a murderer. Yes. Mm. He, which they didn't connect this to later. And I think it's because of all of his confessions. Yeah. He would put in an ad or he would make calls to, in response to ads Mm. for people selling furniture, people selling anything. And he would watch, or he would just stop by to these people's homes or call them and ask to stop by. And if their husband was home, he'd be like, oh, no, thank you. Or, you know, if their mm-hmm. husband wasn't home, he would ask to look at the furniture or whatever. And he, they would invite him in to look at it, and then he would rape them and leave. Mm-mm. Like, that's it. And Not they would, victim blaming it by any means, but don't let anybody into your house. Right. How's Especially your kids? Not a man. Your well, this was back in the 80s. Yeah. True. I mean, I don't I mean, why did I say true? I don't know. <laughs> So, I don't know if it was different then. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was. I mean, just think about how different it was whenever we were growing up in the 90s compared to now. Yep. Now you can say it. True. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's another thing that they got to solve because of him. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Interesting tidbit of information. Give me the tidbit. When he was done with his confession, when it was transcribed, it was 45 pages long. Oh, he's one of those. He probably likes to talk. Well, not only I that. I think that he just did so much. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> not only that, like, not that I'm, like, defending him in any way. There's so much that was solved because he cooperated. And I don't think it was because he wanted to flatter himself. Look what all I did. I think yeah. that he just didn't care anymore. Yeah. Honestly. I'm glad he didn't. Right. So, another tidbit of info. And another pitter-patter. I don't know if you could hear that. I don't know if it picked it up, but. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yep, Odin. <laughs> So, by the time they got done with Bobby Joe Long, he had received two death sentences, 34 life sentences. Many of those resulted in plea deals, but plus an additional 693 years. Heck yeah. (laughs) I wish he could stay in there for 600 and whatever you said years. Yep. Mm -mm. So, he was executed by lethal injection on May 23rd, 2019. Lisa was in the front row. Yeah, you were. And I have a few quotes from her to end on a high note. Yes, end on a high note because it has got low. Yeah. So for Lisa, she ends up being put into the custody of her aunt and uncle. Good. Yeah. I I meant to ask that and my brain farted again. I was going to ask if she had to stay with her grandma. Did her, I guess, step-grandpa, step-grandpa or whatever. They weren't married. It was just her grandmother's boyfriend. boyfriend. That's right. Anyways. Scratch that. Did he get, did he go to jail? I don't for know assault if I have her? that info. He was arrested. Yeah. And then they put her in a place where he couldn't find her. I don't know if Well, if I, you find something about it, we'll just update it. Okay. Uh, she ended up, like I said, getting to go with her aunt and uncle. But before that, she was about to age out of the runaway center. Mm. And they had asked her if she had any relatives. And she mentioned her mother. Her mother told her that she was on her own. Wow. She was Mama also, dear. They had also found her, though, in a crack house, so. Mm. In 2004, she put herself through police academy. Heck yeah, Lisa. Yep. 
she's been in the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. I meant to say this. This interview was in December of 2020. The year after he was executed. Right. It's not that old. Oh, here's the name of the movie. Believe uh-huh. me. You said, <laughs> it said something about lying. Well, I kept thinking I'm not lying. So it kind of related. <laughs> it's something about lying 20 minutes later. Oh, here it is. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> the abduction of Lisa McVeigh. Okay. Oh, man. Well, we will link it in the show notes in case you get confused as to whether it's believing me or lying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she had, at this point, she had been at the sheriff's office for 17 years, and she was a school resource officer for seven years, and she was at the middle school at this time. And her quote here says they know i'm mama bear nobody messes with my kids and my kids know that heck yeah (laughs) couple more quotes i tell kids if someone tries to grab them scream as loud as you can and if they get taken away they should mind their p's and q's and do whatever they can to survive i tell them to be strong and draw on their own sense of self-preservation some good advice work for her and last quote and if a student is down in the dumps i tell them a story about a girl whose family abandoned her and who was kidnapped and raped And I say, do you think she lost her way? No, she became a police officer. You're looking at her. And one more thing. Her shirt that she wore to Bobby Long's execution Mm -hmm. said, long overdue. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. You know, since you'll get in trouble for for going up there and smacking him, that's her way of, you know, just a little in face. Yeah. I was uh, truly amazed by everything she did at 17 Yeah, to catch him. I don't know if I could do that as a 29-year-old. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that as a 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old. Well, at that time, I'd probably be getting pretty weak. But <laughs> Yeah. But, but for her to, her mind to kick in like that, her instincts. I mean, and mm-hmm. I, you know, beyond any doubt, believe that God was with her. Oh, yeah, like for said, sure. And, and when he first kidnapped her, he, she said that she said the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, she had some kind of... Yeah, I don't know how with her background and her what she grew up with. That's why I don't understand when all prayer. these bad people, they use the excuse that I lived in an abusive household or this happened to me and this happened to me. Okay, well, you choose what you do after something like that. Yeah. Not everybody who goes through the same exact stuff, if not worse stuff than you do, becomes a serial killer or a rapist or a bank robber yeah. or whatever. One thing I like to say is two different people can have the same exact reason for two completely different actions. Yeah. It's just like this. That story. Post I had saw somewhere, yeah. a preacher and an alcoholic, and it said, how come you're an alcoholic? Well, my dad was an alcoholic. How come you're a preacher? Well, my dad was an alcoholic. Yep. That's the story I think about, too, mm-hmm. when I say that. Yep, yep. Same thing. Yeah. I think that was a very interesting story. Yep. It's bad, but good. Yeah. And Lisa is amazing. Yeah. Personal stories, thoughts, theories, case suggestions, all of that goodness, please email it to us. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Become Beca- a relative. <laughs> Become a relative. Three bucks a month. That's it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 See you later, alligator. Goodbye. <laughs>